Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. Today is July 5. Just like what Terry said, wow. Anyway, my name is Armin. I am one of the leaders of the church, and I will be sharing the message today. And just like what's... uh, Unless you're hiding under a rock, right, you, don't, you wouldn't know what's going on. But you know, with the global pandemic, with what's going on in America, what's going on secretly in China, and Korea, and Iran, and Israel, those are the things that we, we, we may not be paying attention to. Today, we realize that we really are living in a time that is troublesome. As, and it's been prophesied in the Bible that in the last days that it will come. Trouble sometimes would come. Even Jesus said that in this world you will have trouble. But the promise is, take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen? Let me share with you a story. June 12, last month, it was a Friday. I was uh, getting ready to uh, go home from work. And I went to use the restroom. I think we're, we're good. We got the adults here. So when I went and used the bathroom, all of a sudden, I see blood in my urine. And all of a sudden, I felt the pain on my left plank from the back to front. So I rushed to go home, told my wife, you know what, let's go to the, let's go to the hospital, let's go to the ER. I was thinking, oh no, I think this is kidney stone. So sure enough, I got there, went into the, went into the emergency room, got a, got a bed in the emergency room, they did the blood work, a urine test, and then a CT, a CT scan. And after all the tests, finally the doctor comes out and said, yep, you got a kidney stone. It's in your ureter. So that was there. So I was there in the emergency room alone by myself because because of this COVID-19, you cannot, anybody that goes into the emergency room, you, you have to be by yourself. And then three times I was asked this question, do you have a medical directive? I said, what's a medical directive? Well, it's a statement to tell us what you want us to do in case your heart fails. Do you want us to bring you back to life or not? Or it also states that whatever acceptable condition of health you want, if we're not able to provide that, what do you want us to do? So for the first time, I was like, so I said, yes, by all means possible, please bring me back to life if my heart stops. Now, if if those of you who have experienced kidney stone, yes, you're probably saying, hey, you know what, it will pass. And, 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 and I mean, it's painful. Yes, it's painful, but it will pass. It's probably not something to be alarmed, right? But the thing is, with me, it caused an alarm to the doctor is because the first thing I told them is I had blood in my urine, I have a pain in my left plank, and I only have one kidney. I am a living, I am a living donor. I only have one kidney. I only have a left kidney. So that's why it alarmed the doctor. They, they, they work so fast. So while I was in the bed, you know, that situation really can bring fear in you. I mean, especially when you're all alone and they pump you with morphine to take out the pain. It gives you that <laughs> feeling that you're the only one in the room and you, can, and you begin to contemplate, oh, what could happen? And I could have easily, you know what, succumbed to fear. I could have easily begin to think of such thing, what will happen, what can happen. But you know what? I'm here today, so that means I was okay. <laughs> all right? I was okay. I, I checked in for one night, gave my stimulus package to GRMC, and then I was uh, checked out. But I want to tell you a story of, uh, in the Bible where sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes fear gets a hold of us. 
and it, it makes us take action that probably is not the best for us. And that story is in the story of Genesis, in the story of Adam. Now, this is a very familiar story. That's why I chose this story. This is very familiar. Most of us know this story. Adam, after creation, God gave him one command, and the command was what? Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, we know this story. He ate from the, from the tree, or he ate the fruit from the tree. And then finally, it's, and it says that their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. And what did they do? They hid. And then God asked, where are you, Adam, or where are you? So we pick up that story in this uh, slide. It says here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, it says, so this is Adam's reply to God when God asked him, where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. He was fearful. And he gave a reason why he was fearful, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now think about that. Why are you afraid? What causes you to being afraid? What is it? What is the reason why you're, you're, you're afraid? Okay? Of course, this pandemic has really caused a lot of people to be afraid and to be fearful. So the same question. If uh, God were asking you today, where are you? And you're probably afraid. And like the next verse, it says that, and he said, you to, uh, who told you that you were naked? It says, who told you that you were naked? Last week, Pastor Mark kind of touched upon, uh, upon this. It's like, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to today? Okay, are you listening to the world? Or are you listening to the word? Okay, who are you listening to? Who told you? What's causing the fear in you? Who have you been listening to? So that's the question that God asked Adam. Who told you, Adam? Who told you that you were naked? All right? So then I want to show you what Adam did. And this is what I think what Adam did really represents what man does and what his reason why he's afraid. And I think we can take this and apply this in our life. So go ahead. The next verse. So this is what Adam did. It says in verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed big leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord and God among the trees of the garden. So that's what Adam and Eve did. He did three things. Go ahead, the next slide. So because Adam was afraid, first thing he did was he made fig leaves as a covering. He hid himself or themselves from the presence of the Lord and, how he, and they did that by hiding among the trees. Okay, that's what they did. They made coverings. But what did God do? You guys, uh, you guys remember what God did? So this is what Adam did. He made covering, he hid from the presence of the Lord, and he hid among the trees. Okay? But this is what God did. Go ahead. And this is what I love about God. Whenever I read the Bible, I always look for this. I always look for the redemption behind our mistakes, behind the fall of man. There is always a redeeming factor that God would do. God always intervenes. When we cannot, he always makes action so that we can or that we are able to go back to him. And this is what God did. Also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and he clothed them. He clothed them. Terry was talking about that, that we are clothed with the righteousness of God. Right? 
he clothed them. So uh, there's a difference what Adam did and what God did. Go ahead. Next slide. See, what Adam did was he made a covering and he hid. But the Lord clothed them. There's a difference between a covering and a clothing. The cover, we look at the, uh, the cover is really for your protection and for concealment. If God did not intervene, I don't know how long would Adam be hiding. But God intervened, but instead God clothed them. Clothing is really di is different. Clothing allows you to move forward in life. All right? Clothing is uh, it's, uh, it's like uniforms for policemen, firemen, military. When we see them in their uniforms, we know exactly what they do. Isn't it? They're clothed with something. And we know that uh, uh, military, different branches of the military, we are able to identify them by what they're, what, what, what they're wearing. Amen? So that's what God did. God clothed them so that they can continue with life. If God did not clothe Adam and Eve, just looking at the passage, of course, uh, God can intervene in any other way, but probably Adam would still be hiding. Amen? So how does this apply to us today? How did, if God clothed Adam and Eve with the skins or tunic of skin, how does God today clothe us? Right? How? Well, of course, even that passage in uh, verse 21, that really is an, uh, the, the skin that God made. Uh, it is an assumption that was the very first atonement that was ever made. It's an assumption because it just says he made uh, the skins or tunics of skin. So today, of course, we know, that, I mean, I think Terry preached it earlier, that it's because of Christ. The, the atoning work of Christ is really what allows us to enter into his presence with confidence. So today, this is how God does it for us. Go ahead, next verse. So this is Jesus. After his resurrection, as he was talking among his disciples, he told them this. He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The word, word endued is the same word as being clothed. Your ESB version of the Bible doesn't make any distinction. It's also being clothed. It says, so we are clothed today by the Holy Spirit. And how are we clothed today? By, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So going back, uh, and, and this was the promise that Jesus told his disciple. It is good that I go to the Father, because if I don't go, then the Helper will not come to you. The Holy Spirit, one of the titles that the Holy Spirit uh, is talked about in the Bible is a helper. He helps us. And in this uh, particular passage that I will show you next, he helps us, I believe, in the area of fear. Go ahead, next verse. So this is a description of what that spirit is. It says that the, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but this spirit that God promised, this Holy Spirit that says that when you receive this spirit, you would be endued with power. It says this spirit is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. It's a threefold. Why three? I think it brings a balance. Why three? Okay. So, th so this is what we are clothed with today. If you're a believer, if you are born again, all right, then you have a measure of, uh, of the Spirit of God. But when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, as promised in the Bible, it says that 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you will receive power. Okay? We will receive power. We, are, we have been endued with power. Power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? So now let's go back to, to the actions that Adam took. Go ahead, next verse or next passage. I want to show you a representation and how it contrasts to the power or to the, the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. The first thing that Adam did when he realized he was naked was what? He made fig leaves as a covering. I believe that really symbolizes self because it was his own power. He was trying. He tried to cover himself, and he did it by using his own power, self-effort. Right? And then the next thing he did was he hid from the presence of the Lord. When you were a kid, probably until now, okay, when your parents tell you not to do something and you disobeyed, what do you do? You put paddings on your butt so that when you get spanked. <laughs> no, the first thing you do is what? You try stay away from your parents. You hide from your parents, isn't it not? When you know you made a mistake, you try to stay away from the authority, right? Adam was given a command, and when he knew that he made a mistake, what was the first thing he did, or what did he do? He hid from the presence of God. There was a condemnation on Adam because he knew he made a mistake. Adam now knows that if evil is done, there has to be punishment. There's a consequence. And that's why he felt so, he, there's a condemnation in him that he hid from the presence of God. And the third thing he did was he hid among the trees of the garden. I believe that really represents an action when we're afraid, we run to the world. We run to creation. We run to what we know of in creation. You know, this is the latest fad today. The, oh, if you do this, this, will, uh, this is the result. You know, there's uh, uh, the, 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 the health business and the diet business, I think, is a multi-billion dollar industry. Because every month they come up with a new diet, a Mediterranean diet, South Beach diet, keto diet, whatever diet, this diet and this diet. You know, the thing is with pad, eventually after a season they will fade. And of course in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said what was before will come again. It's just a cycle. I mean, I grew up with the, uh, I, I, I was able to witness a cassette tape. I know what an LP is, the cassette tape became a CD, the CD became a, came the Betamax, the BHS, the DVD. Now I think DVD is almost gone, live stream now. But it, and that's it, it's, it's almost, it's always, uh, the fad will eventually fade, right? And the, and the world will always tell us new things. And that's what Adam did. I think that's one, one of the representation of his action here is that when he hid among the trees, he really hid in creation. He hid in the world. So this really, I believe, represents what Adam, uh, the Adam, the, or the action that Adam took when he was afraid. Really, first, it represented self-effort. What do we do in our power so that we can feel safe? What do we use? What do we do to cover ourselves? We run away from the presence of God when we know we made a mistake, and then we run to creation. We run to the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Technology, science, everything that's been that's out there has its benefit to us, all right? There, there's a benefit to that. And that's why the power of love, the power of the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind really comes in threefold because it, I think it really addressed these three. Go ahead. So the power or the spirit of power, 
the spirit of power. Adam used his own power to cover himself. But how powerful is the power of God? Let me ask you a ridiculous question. Well, first, let me read this. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through this spirit who dwells in you. Let me ask you this uh, ridiculous question. What do you think is harder for God to do? To raise somebody who's dead or to take care of whatever it is that you're afraid of? It's a ridiculous question because we know clearly the Bible says, for there is nothing impossible for God, for there is nothing too difficult for God. But I'm asking the question to really make a point that what is really more difficult for God to do? Is it to raise Jesus from the dead or to take care of whatever reason that we're afraid? Really nothing. God demonstrated, I, I believe this is the pinnacle of his power, that I will raise my son back to life. There, uh, if healing is the problem, if you're afraid because uh, there might be something going on, is, is, is it harder for God to heal something or to raise something from the dead? Amen? That's the power that dwells in us. Next one, it says that it is a spirit of love. It says here, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, this is verse 18. The verse before this, that love that's being talked about is that love that has to do with the day of judgment. Or the fear, rather. Because fear involves torment. It involves punishment. It involves judgment. That's what, and that's what Adam was feeling why he hid from the presence of God because he knows he, he, he had the condemnation on him. So that's why the spirit of love is what will cast away that fear that we're still going to be tormented. We're still going to be punished. We're still going to be, uh, 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 this will happen because we are being punished. The punishment that we deserve, the punishment that our sins deserve has all been taken already by Christ. At, at the cross, he took every punishment, every judgment that our sins deserve. And the wrath of God punished all of that in the body of Christ. But yet, the, the sacrifice remained and until he said it is finished. So there really is no punish left for our sin. There's nothing left. And that's why it says that we now have that confidence to enter in to the throne of God. Because there really is no more. We now have that freedom to come into, like what Terry was saying, to the veil. Okay, and that's what this is talking about. If there's condemnation, and that's what's allowing fear to creep up in you, have the confidence. And if you have not yet received Christ, then I urge you, receive the work that Christ has done. Now this, uh, uh, amen? So the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and lastly, the spirit of sound mind. And this is where I believe we really need today. We really need the wisdom of God today. I was asking the Lord because of this. Uh, um, we always say this. Every Sunday we say we're here to honor God. We're here to honor God. Honoring God also means honoring man. Honoring man, honoring authority. When we honor God, we also honor authority. We're here today in the church, and we're following everything that's been laid out for us by the authority. Wear your mask, stay, stay uh, six feet away, wash your hands, all of that. I was asking one day, Lord, how do I, how do I uh, honor you by wearing my mask, having faith, 
then I, I, I know I want to hug people, I know I want to fist bump them, how do I honor you? Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, uh, there are people, uh, what do you call this? We are of different faith standing, I know that. There's uh, some of us who really believe that, hey, stay away, yes. So God uh, brought me to a story of David. Now we've been using Psalms 91, right? We've been using Psalms 91 and we've been really declaring it. We've been holding on it where it says that he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my God in whom I will trust. So we know David was a man who trusted God, correct? David trusted God. The first battle that David went through was Goliath, when he went against Goliath. Isn't it not? The champion of Philistine versus the champion of Israel. But yet, how did David defeat Goliath? With a sling. Right? David had no armor. See, Armin, you can be... See, if, you, if, we only, if God only said that I have the spirit of power given to you, you know what that would produce? If that's all God said we have, it would produce recklessness in us. We would say, oh, God will protect me regardless. Even if that plane falls, he will not hit me. Yes, I believe God can do that if he wishes to. But yet, looking at uh, David, because we've been really focusing on Psalms 91, and I'm, I'm gonna, um, I believe there's a wisdom behind this. David trusted God in all his battle. Pastor Mark talked about that uh, last week. That's why he can declare that no plague can come upon your dwelling, no pestilence that uh, walks in the darkness, no arrows that, that goes uh, uh, in Psalm 91. But David was a warrior, and when he went to fight Goliath, he was not wearing any armor. See? He was reckless. No, the reason why he wasn't wearing any armor was because Saul gave him his armor, and David said, no, your armor is too big, because Saul was a tall man. It says that he was a head and shoulder above everybody. So that means the armor that Saul had was too big for David, so David decided not to go with an armor. And sometimes we feel that way. We don't need to wear any of this. But yet when he went to battle... And he won the battle against Goliath. He only needed what? He, he won by what? By sling. But let me ask you this question. How many stones did David pick before he went to battle? Five. Somebody said five. Vicky was uh, raising her hand. I'm not a teacher, Vicky, but yes, five. <laughs> five. Why take five if you know that God will give you victory? I'll leave that with you. Okay, I leave that for you to founder about. I be, it's because he understands, I believe David understands, yes, I have faith on God, but I also know what? He also knows some wisdom that what if I miss the first time? Okay, 10.30. In closing, so this is what it reads in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, actually. This is verse 2, not verse 12. It says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. By the Holy Spirit, we have wisdom, we have understanding, we have counsel, we have might, we have all of this. So there are, there, there's a place where we, need, we really need wisdom. Yes, we honor God by putting faith in him, but we also honor him by honoring people. Amen. This wearing mask for me is really nothing new to me. I've been, I'm a skilled worker. I've been wearing masks for 20 years whenever I go to work. It's because I'm a welder. So the, the, the fumes that we create when we work is actually cancerous. It's carcinogenic. It's on the label. 
Whenever we pull it out, that's why we wear masks. The environment that we work around, we have a lot of asbestos in the power plant. It is also cancer-causing. And that's why I always wear a mask. I wear my, and that's why we call it PPE, personal protective equipment. Now, I don't put my trust on that, but I really put my trust on God. But I wear it because there's a wisdom to wearing it because it protects me, all right? So if all God gave us is the power, is the spirit of power, I think we'll be all reckless and say, God, you're gonna protect me regardless of what happened. But he also gave us a spirit of a sound mind to be wise, okay? Take five stones with you, not just one, when you go out to fight, all right? I'll let you decide what that is, all right? And of course, know that there is no condemnation in you. Know, have, the, have that assurance that God is not out trying to pick you, pick on you because you did something wrong. Grace tells us that the grace is what teaches us to say no to ungodliness because grace has to do with his love also. Amen? Amen. So really, and that's what I have for you us today, that we can try with our own power to protect ourselves and to try to cover up with, uh, from whatever it is that we are feeling afraid of, or we can come to the Lord and take what he has for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Father, thank you that it's even a testimony to us today that in the church, like uh, that we're doing good, Father. We're doing fine. Father, I just pray for today that uh, as we talked about fear and just uh, with the environment that we're in, and even as your word says that the world will get darker and darker, it's, it will get worse. So I pray, Father, that you would settle it in our hearts, that we will have confidence and trust in what you have for us, the promises that you have for us. But before, I, before we dismiss, I just want to take this opportunity that if you're here today and you have never made that decision to really surrender your life to Christ and to receive the gift of salvation, I want to give that opportunity to you that I want to pray for you. So if that's you, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you've never made a decision to receive what he has done for you at the cross, he forgave you of your sins, he took the punishment, that you, you, you and I are supposed to take, and he took that so that we can have that confidence before the day of judgment that we will have, the, that perfect love has cast out all of that. So if that's you, before we dismiss and before we end, is, is there anybody here today that has not done that? I want to pray for you. If, you, if uh, while your heads are bowed, you can just simply raise your hand and I will, I, I will know who you are and we can pray together. Anybody? Okay, so we're good. Everybody's okay. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray for, our, pray for the church. Father, I thank you that you have given us, through the Holy Spirit, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a perfect love, that we know that we are loved by you and a spirit of a sound mind. Father, I pray that today more than ever, give us that spirit of wisdom. Give us that spirit, Father, to know how to act, to act in moderation, not to go extremes, and Father, I pray that you continue to protect us. I just pray, Father, that you continue, Father, to bless us in whatever it is that we're doing and whatever it is you have purposed us to do. This I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're dismissed, church.